I'm reading from the book of Numbers, chapter 16, beginning at verse 41. But on the morrow, all the congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron, saying, Ye have killed the people of the Lord. And it came to pass, when the congregation was gathered against Moses and against Aaron, that they looked toward the tabernacle of the congregation. And behold, the cloud covered it, and the glory of the Lord appeared. And Moses and Aaron came before the tabernacle of the congregation. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Get you up from among this congregation, that I may consume them in a moment. And they fell upon their faces. And Moses said unto Aaron, Take a censer, and put fire therein from off the altar, and put on incense, and go quickly unto the congregation, and make an atonement for them. For there is wrath gone out from the Lord. The plague is begun. And Aaron took as Moses commanded, and ran into the midst of the congregation. And behold, the plague was begun among the people. And he put on incense, and made an atonement for the people. And he stood between the dead and the living, and the plague was stayed. Now they that died in the plague were fourteen thousand and seven hundred, beside them that died about the matter of Korah. And Aaron returned unto Moses, unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and the plague was stayed. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I want to return today to the story of the plague that came upon the people of Israel because they rebelled against the leadership of Moses and Aaron. The 1662 prayer book mentions this plague in the prayer to be said in the time of any common plague or sickness. We have seen how Korah, Dathan, Abiram, and On, along with 250 of the leaders of the people, told Moses and Aaron that they had taken too much authority upon themselves. All the people of God are holy, they said. But as we read the story, we find that what they really wanted was the priesthood. And Moses asked them, Would you have the priesthood also? God had given the Levites the great privilege of serving in the tabernacle, but that wasn't enough for these men. They wanted to serve as priests, just as Aaron was doing. Well, when Moses heard them, he fell on his face. And he told Korah and his followers to prepare their censers, which were incense burners, and come back tomorrow, and the Lord would reveal whom he had chosen to be priests. So Korah and his followers did that. They brought their incense burners, lit the fire, placed incense on the fire, and came to the front of the tabernacle. Then all of a sudden the glory of the Lord was revealed to the people, and God said to Moses and Aaron, Get out of the way and let me destroy these people. But again, Moses and Aaron fall on their faces before the Lord and plead for God to have mercy on the people and not to destroy all the people with the wicked rebels. So God tells Moses to tell the people to get away from Dathan and Abiram so that they won't be destroyed with them. So the people do that. And Moses said, If these rebels die a natural death, then the Lord hasn't sent me. But God is going to do a new thing, and God does. The Lord opens the ground and swallows up these rebels and all that belong to them. I heard an old preacher years ago say, God did a new thing and sent them to hell with their britches on. Then we read that the fire came out from the presence of the Lord and burned up the 250 men who had brought the incense burners with them. Then the Lord told Moses to tell Eleazar, the son of Aaron, 
to gather up the incense burners from the fire and beat them into thin sheets to lay them over the bronze altar. The bronze altar, which was placed where burnt offerings were made, was made of wood and covered with brass. But now there would be an additional layer on the bronze altar made from these censers. So that bronze altar would be a constant reminder to the people that no one but a descendant of Aaron could burn incense to the Lord. Now after the people had seen Dathan and Abiram and everything that belonged to them swallowed up by the earth and the fire coming out from the presence of the Lord to consume the 250 men who wanted to unlawfully burn incense before the Lord, you would think the people would have been humbled. But no, the very next morning the people murmured against Moses and Aaron saying, You have killed the people of God. And again the Lord says to Moses, Stand back so that I can destroy these people. And again, Moses and Aaron fall on their faces and plead with the Lord not to destroy the people. But Moses knows that God will not turn away from his wrath unless an atonement is made for the people. So Moses tells Aaron, take an incense burner, take some burning coals from the bronze altar and put incense on the coals and go carry it among the people to make atonement for them. And do it quickly for the plague has begun. So now we finally get to the part of the story about the plague. People just start dropping dead. So Aaron ran out among the people burning the incense. And then we have one of the most dramatic moments in scripture, I think, number 1648. And he stood between the dead and the living, and the plague was stayed. Two wonderful statements. Number 1646, the plague is begun. And then number 1648, and he stood between the dead and the living, and the plague was stayed. But 14,700 people died, not counting the 250, plus Dathan and Abiram and all that belonged to them. Now there are so many things to talk about in detail in this story, but what I want to concentrate on is that Aaron makes atonement for the people so that the plague will be turned away. Just as we saw in the case of David when he numbered the people, he offered an atonement for the people so that the plague would be turned away. And that is why the prayer to be said in any time of common plague or sickness says, O Almighty God, who in thy wrath did send a plague upon thy people in the wilderness for their obstinate rebellion against Moses and Aaron, and also in the time of King David didst slay with the plague of pestilence threescore and ten thousand, and yet remembering thy mercy didst save the rest. Have pity upon us miserable sinners who now are visited with great sickness and mortality, that like as thou didst then accept of an atonement and didst command the destroying angel to cease from punishing, so it may now please thee to withdraw from us this plague and grievous sickness through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. God accepted an atonement in both cases and turned away the plague. Now, we looked in some detail about how David offered an atonement to turn away the plague, but let us look at how Aaron offered an atonement for the sins of the people. One of the first things we need to notice is the intercession of Moses and Aaron. Every time when God appears in this story, he's ready to destroy the people. But every time, Moses and Aaron fall on their faces and plead for God to have mercy on the people. 
What a lesson we learn from Moses and Aaron about love and intercession. Moses, Aaron, and we know that God would have been perfectly just in destroying these people. But Moses and Aaron love the people of Israel, sinful though they may be, and plead with God not to destroy them. In this light, Aaron, the high priest, is a beautiful picture of our Lord Jesus Christ, who intercedes for his people when they sin. In strict justice, God could destroy the whole human race, and it would be just and holy. But Jesus pleads for God to have mercy on us. Just as Aaron becomes one who pleads with God to have mercy on the people, Jesus pleads for us that God would turn away his fierce wrath. Aaron and Jesus also provide an example for us. Since we believe in the priesthood of all believers, we know that it is part of our duty as believers to intercede for people. Yes, we know that people outside of Christ are living in rebellion against God and deserve to be punished. But we must remember that we are sinners as well. God had mercy on us, and we plead that God would have mercy on all men and bring them to Christ. And during this plague, when so many people are sick and dying from the coronavirus, it is our duty as priests to be pleading with God to take away this plague, standing between the dead and the living, as it were, and pray that God would deliver us and all people from this sickness. I saw on the news the other night a doctor criticizing people wanting to go to church because he said, the virus doesn't listen to prayer. And he and the anchor woman had a good laugh about it. But in a way, the virus does listen to prayer. We pray to God to take away the virus, and God listens to the prayers of his people. And when the plague comes to an end, it will be because God brought it to an end. And he will do it in response to the prayers of his people. True, the plague will be brought to an end through doctors, nurses, medicine, and vaccines, but it is only God who can give doctors and scientists the wisdom they need, and it is only God who can make any treatment effective. So we intercede for those who have the disease, and we intercede for all the doctors and scientists that God would make their efforts successful. It is this story in the book of Numbers that illustrates the power of intercessory prayer. As we know, the offering of incense is a symbol of the offering of prayer. This is brought out especially for us in the book of Revelation. In Revelation 5.8 we read, And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. Again, in Revelation 8, 3 and 4 we read, And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer. And there was given unto him much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of all saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. As you can clearly see, the incense going up into the air represents the prayers of the people of God ascending to heaven to be heard by our Father. It is for that reason that many churches still use incense as a visible reminder that the prayers of the saints ascend to God. One of the opening sentences we frequently use during the evening prayer service is Psalm 141.2. Let my prayer be set forth in thy sight 
as the incense and let the lifting up of my hands be an evening sacrifice. Again, you see the connection between prayer and incense. So when Aaron is standing between the living and the dead, burning the incense, it is a symbol of the prayer that God would be merciful and take away the plague. And it is called an atonement. Now we might ask the question, how is the burning of incense an atonement? We know that according to the scriptures, there can be no atonement except by the shedding of blood. It would seem that God would have instructed Aaron to stand among the people and offer a sacrifice. But no, he is just commanded to go stand among the people and burn this incense. How can that be an atonement? Well, we need to understand something about the connection between the bronze altar and the burning of incense. In the tabernacle or temple, the bronze altar was located in the temple court. Every morning and evening, the priest would take the burning coals from the bronze altar and carry them to the altar of incense. To be chosen to do this was a high honor, which normally happened only one time in the life of the priest. That is what Zacharias was doing when the angel Gabriel appeared to him and told him that he would have a son, John the Baptist. But notice the connection between the burning coals from the bronze altar and the altar of incense. This connection was especially important on the Day of Atonement. Remember that the bronze altar is the place where the animals were sacrificed. Their blood was shed to make an atonement for the people. On the Day of Atonement, the high priest took some of those burning coals from the altar in a censer with some incense, and he walked through the holy place into the Holy of Holies so that the cloud of incense would cover the mercy seat where God said he would meet with them. So that cloud of incense would fill the Holy of Holies. The high priest sprinkled the blood of a bullock seven times before the mercy seat. Now put all this together. Blood, incense, mercy seat, prayer. What is the message? Before incense, there is the shedding of blood. The coals for the incense come from the place of sacrifice. The incense is placed on the coals that were retrieved from the altar of sacrifice. The message for Christians is this. Christ offered himself as a sacrifice for us. He shed his blood and because he shed his blood, now we can pray. He shed his blood to purify us and our prayers. Our prayers, our incense, would not be accepted if he did not do so. So it is in this sense that Aaron's prayers are an atonement. Because the incense was burned on coals that had been retrieved from the altar where sacrifice is offered. And that is why the plague is stayed. And when we pray for God to turn away this plague from us, he will hear us only because of the sacrifice of Christ. That is why the plague prayer says that like as thou didst then accept of an atonement and didst command the destroying angel to cease from punishing, so it may now please thee to withdraw from us this plague and grievous sickness through Jesus Christ our Lord. Several weeks ago, I mentioned the Great Plague of London, 
which occurred from 1665 to 1666 and killed 100,000 people in 18 months, almost one-fourth of London's population. In 1665, the Church of England issued a prayer to be used during the time of plague. This prayer also mentions the plague that we are studying in number 16. O most gracious God, Father of mercies and of our Lord Jesus Christ, look down upon us, we beseech thee, in much pity and compassion, and behold our great misery and trouble. For there is wrath gone out against us, and the plague is begun. Notice how this prayer takes that language from number 16. That dreadful arrow of thine sticks fast in our flesh, and the venom thereof fires our blood and drinks up our spirits. And shouldst thou suffer it to bring us all to the dust of death, yet must we still acknowledge that righteous art thou, O Lord, and just are thy judgments. For our transgressions multiplied against thee as the sand on the seashore might justly bring over us a deluge of thy wrath. The cry of our sins that hath pierced the very heavens might well return with showers of vengeance upon our heads. While our earth is defiled under the inhabitants thereof, what wonder if thou commandest an evil angel to pour out his vial into our air, to fill it with infection and the noisome pestilence, and so to turn the very breath of our life into the savor of death unto us all. But yet we beseech thee, O our God, forget not thou to be gracious, neither shut thou up thy loving kindness in displeasure. For his sake, who himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses, have mercy upon us, and say to the destroying angel, It is enough. O oh, let that blood of sprinkling which speaks better things than that of Abel be upon the lintel and the two side posts in all our dwellings, that the destroyer may pass by. Let the sweet odor of thy blessed Son's all-sufficient sacrifice and intercession, infinitely more prevalent than the typical incense of Aaron. Again, you see, referring to number 16 and Aaron's intercession for the people during this plague. Let the sweet odor of thy blessed Son's all-sufficient sacrifice and intercession, infinitely more prevalent than the typical incense of Aaron, interpose between the living and the dead and be our full and perfect atonement, ever acceptable with thee, that the plague may be stayed. O oh, let us live, and we will praise thy name, and these thy judgments shall teach us to look every man into the plague of his own heart, that being cleansed from all our sins, we may serve thee with pure hearts all our days, perfecting holiness in thy fear, till we come at last, where there is no more sickness nor death, through thy tender mercies in him alone, who is our life and our health and our salvation, Jesus Christ, our ever-blessed Savior and Redeemer. Amen. As terrible as the bubonic plague was in 1665 and 1666, this prayer points us to another more horrible plague, the plague that is in our hearts, the plague of sin. Back in 1848, 
the Reverend John Williams, priest of Holy Trinity Church in Somerset, England, preached a sermon on this passage entitled, God's Judgments Against Sin, Removed by the Atonement of Christ. In this sermon, Reverend Williams spoke about the most dangerous plague of all, the plague of sin. Yes, right now, we are worried about the coronavirus pandemic, but there is a pandemic far more deadly than this. Reverend Williams points out that just as Moses said the plague has begun, we can say that the plague of sin has begun, not only begun, but continued among us for thousands of years. Have we been saved from this plague? There is no safety from this plague unless the blood of the Lamb has washed our souls. Thousands around are perishing because they have not accepted the atonement that God has provided. The wrath of God has gone out against the nations that do not recognize Him as Sovereign Lord. They are beginning to drink the bitter cups which they have mixed with their own hands. They have not repented. They have not mourned. They have not sought after God except to blaspheme His name. God's wrath has gone out against them. The plague is spreading, and it will not cease spreading until all the enemies of God are destroyed by it. On which side are we? Are we on the side of the living to whom the atonement has been applied, or are we yet among the dying and the dead? And shall we as a nation be delivered from the plague? There are many symptoms of this plague among us. The spirit of rebellion is showing its fiend-like head among us. Wickedness is everywhere. Unbelief is scattering its poisonous seed. We deserve the scourge. We have felt it in part, and we deserve more. While we pray for our country, let us not forget to pray for ourselves. Let us pray that the atoning blood of Christ would continually be applied to our souls. Let us remember the wrath we deserve and be thankful that we have not long ago fallen under it. Let us beg our great high priest to come and stand between us and the death which awaits all his enemies. Let us pray that he may, by his atonement, stay the plague which is still raging in the world around us, to spare guilty men and guilty nations and give them a knowledge of the truth as it is in Jesus, to fall down at his feet, repent, and receive his atonement. Hard to believe that ministers in the Church of England and Episcopalians used to preach like that. May God raise up such men again to stay the plague, whether it be physical or spiritual. Let us all stand between the dead and the living. Let us plead the atonement of Jesus Christ and may God bring an end to the plague that has gone out among us. Amen.